0: Welcome, one and all. I'm Aaron. I'm Tom. And this is Baby's First Watch List. This is a big one, you guys, not just because this was the movie voted on by you, the listeners, but also because this is the first episode that we are recording during Shark Week.
1: It's true. It's true.
0: <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, I'm not kidding. It's Shark Week. It is Shark Week. I don't watch Shark Week. Dwayne The Rock Johnson is apparently the master of ceremonies this year. They went, they went big. They they did. It's actually a pretty funny commercial where he like summons all the sharks. Um, but no, I pushed out a nine pound one ounce baby.
1: Yeah, we're going to definitely air this out of order. So there, you're probably going to be complaining about being like 10 months pregnant for another couple of episodes after this. But there's two of them. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's here.
0: He's here, um, and it's the titular baby of baby's first watch list. He's here, and he's not impressed by the podcast. He's not impressed really by anything at all. Um, but he's cute and he's sweet. and it took an hour for him to calm down enough for us to start recording this podcast.
1: Yeah, this is gonna be a real test of my editing skills, I think.
0: We'll see. So, you know, we're doing our very best cosplaying parents who know what they're doing.
1: Yeah, also we we played him about four or five episodes and he was not he like Aaron said, he was just not there's nothing there. We, <laughs> we for hours and hours and hours we tried to get him to listen to this and he <laughs> yeah. just <laughs> Yeah, right.
0: Um so we obviously have not had much time for anything this past week. Um but we did watch 2004's Mean Girls before the baby's arrival, and that's our movie for today. Our first Lindsay Lohan film, if you can believe it. Likely of many. At least a
1: few. I can think of three off the top of my head. I can think of four. The two, what are your four? The two that we, the other ones, which yeah. <laughs> Freaky Friday and The Parent Trap. <laughs> machete. Machete, yes.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, that's it, Which right? mean machete kills? I don't, I don't know <laughs> she was only in one of them i don't know which yeah, one she it was, was definitely the first one um so yeah this was actually uh an instagram poll that we had we pitted mean girls against uh the parent trap and freaky friday mean girls barely squeaked by with the w
1: tiebreaker over the parent trap
0: i think yeah it was that and the parent trap that were close which, very close
1: which i mean come on doesn't everybody love freaky friday
0: I love Freaky Friday.
1: We'll get to Freaky Friday. We're going to do all
0: of them. Yeah. I love all three of these movies. Um, It's a
1: when, not if situation.
0: Exactly. So we're doing Mean Girls today. So Tom, you mentioned the order of the episodes is a bit weird because of the baby having. Yes. Uh, We were supposed to release this episode last week. Yep. We didn't do the episode.
1: Instead we did Gladiator. Instead we did gladiator. Which is a little bit, if you were expecting Mean Girls and got Gladiator, that might be a bit of a either a disappointment or just a totally different mindset. But uh definitely go back and listen to that one because that was that was one of the funniest ones that we did, I think, I, so far. Like don't even remember it. I when I was going back and I was editing it, I was laughing like every five minutes. Good. As long as good. I'm laughing, that's all that's that matters. That's all that matters. If no listeners laughing, I don't care, but <laughs> I found it really funny.
0: Um, yeah, so Gladiator was previously recorded probably like a month ago. And then um, it was around.
1: Yeah. So we're recording this one on July 25th. I think Gladiator was like the the end of June. So it was about a month ago.
0: Uh, We also have two other previously recorded episodes, which we'll put out over the next two weeks. Yep. But that's what you were referring to, where I was like still very pregnant during that.
1: Yeah. So last week we said that this episode was going to be my big fat Greek wedding, but that's actually going to be next week. Which, yeah. Which, that's a good one, too. Yep. And again, that one was recorded, you know, early July sometime. So, pre-baby. Yeah. Yes.
0: And now, after my big fat Greek wedding, and then the other one that we did.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Which we'll talk about next week.
0: Um, Everything else will be post-baby. And hopefully, I'll be feeling more like an actual human being at that point. Yeah. Yeah. but we'll see. Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll be a mutant
1: forever. You'll have to give the whole story on the podcast one day. Of me giving birth. The, the, the trials and tribulations.
0: 53 hours from induction to, to crowning. Yep. Um, I Post crowning, I guess. Um, yeah. And four hours <laughs> of pushing.
1: Yep, yep, yep. And yes. everything in between. And
0: everything in between, which I don't remember, honestly. I feel like you remember better than I do.
1: I remember most of it. It wasn't pretty
0: no but it's done yeah <laughs> so that's good um so let's talk about mean girls which actually um if you have seen the movie you know one of the big quotes from it is don't have sex because then you'll get pregnant and die yeah i felt pretty close to that at a certain point
1: yeah uh yeah <laughs> i I was obviously an outsider, but I could definitely tell that you were knocking on, <laughs> knocking on somebody's door.
0: <laughs> um. So this movie, it is written by comedian queen Tina Fey.
1: Her first, hers is her first feature that she wrote. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Um. Her best, probably too. He, she did what? Uh, Baby Mama, Sisters, yeah. those movies. The ones did Amy she Poehler. have
1: anything to do with any of like the Paul Feig movies?
0: I don't think so. Okay. But I don't. I'm not sure.
1: I also don't know. I was just.
0: I think of her with the Amy the Amy Poehler collaboration. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, and she's best known for, of course, SNL and then Thirty Rock.
1: And Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. She's got other other stuff, but yeah, of course, Thirty Rock and SNL.
0: Those are the biggies. Yeah. Uh, and she's not in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Right. She's she is it. briefly. Oh yeah. She's one of the lawyers, the lawyers in season one. Yes. The is At she least. like the Marsha Clark of? Yeah.
1: She might come back in later seasons, but that's the one time I remember her uh, being in it.
0: So she wrote it, and you can just tell it's not quite as irreverent as a thirty rock, as right. far as like popular culture goes. You
1: could see like like uh, like proto thirty rock in in here though, with Certainly. a lot of the jokes.
0: Yeah, it's less absurd, I would say, as yeah. crazy as that sounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's you can definitely tell her writing style, and I think that this honestly is her best work. I love I love this movie. Yeah. I think that the script is. The screenplay is its biggest strength.
1: Um, yeah, it wouldn't be as special nowadays if the screenplay wasn't what the screenplay is. Um, I mean, people love Thirty Rock. I like Thirty Rock. I just it's you a know, little cold. It is. I,
0: I like it too, but yeah, it, I like, find it cold.
1: If you look at it from a comedy perspective, it's 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 oh, top, top notch. notch. I just can't like rewatch it all the time. A
0: million jokes a second. Yes, in yes. That.
1: It's almost like it's like Arrested Development in that way.
0: Yeah, yeah. It really is. Um, so. This one is directed by Mark Waters, who also helmed Freaky Friday. He had two Lilo, Lindsay Lohan collabs. <laughs> uh, he also is known for directing other movies that aren't as good, like Mr. Popper's Penguins and yeah. Vampire Academy and like yeah. stuff that. Eh. Um, but Freaky Friday and Mean Girls, he was in his bag with that one. It's a teen comedy classic. It stars, of course, Lohan, Tina Fey rachel mcadams in an early role of hers she was in stuff before this like for example the hot chick
1: yeah in which she also played like a stuck-up girl
0: oh there you go yeah i never watched the hot chick uh
1: that's a schneider that's it, schneider, it is, right? it is a uh, schneider, not very good but i have seen it no
0: i'm sure it's not <laughs> very good uh it's amanda seyfried in her first role Right? We First are we are big role?
1: Amanda Seifert fans on this podcast.
0: She's really really accomplished. Yeah. I I love her stuff now. She picks really interesting roles. Yeah. She's you know, got range. I saw that she w- auditioned for the Glinda role in Wicked. Oh, really? Which actually went to Ariana Grande. Okay. She's it's currently filming her yeah, yeah, yeah. in the process of and yeah. she was really
1: disappointed. There's more money in Ariana Grande being in that movie.
0: Yeah, she said. uh Cypher said something about how in Les Mis she enjoyed doing the musical theater thing, but yeah. she feels like she's grown so much as a, a singer, and that she wanted to prove that. That's with, interesting. With Wicked, yeah. Uh, which, if you're doing Wicked, is like
1: hardcore. It's really hard. I've actually never seen it.
0: I've never seen it either. But I know the, the songs and the stuff. songs and stuff, and um, it's. Oh, the original role was Kristen Chenoweth, who is okay. a very yeah. talented yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, singer and actress. And then Adina Menzel, who's, Adele going, yes, Adele Dazeem, who's going to be played by, do you know?
1: Who's going to be played?
0: Who's going to play the Alphaba? Alphaba? El, Alphaba? Elf, I didn't see it. I don't know. Uh, Cynthia Arrivo. Oh, okay. Who is best known for Broadway. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No, I don't think you know her from Broadway. The
1: first thing I saw her in was Widows.
0: Yeah. Uh, she. Got a Tony for, I believe, the color purple. Okay, and yeah. she's amazing. So it's gonna be good. Uh, but I think Amanda Seyfried would have been a Seyfried would have been a great casting choice for for Glinda.
1: Yeah, I mean, I have really no interest in it, but I'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: so it also stars Lacey Chabert, whose career has gone in a little bit of a different direction than McAdams and uh ciphered and Lohan, for that matter. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, Lacey Chabert is known as the Queen of Hallmark. Yes. She's been in over 30 Hallmark movies. Yep. So your grandma and your mom and your weird aunt definitely know Lacey Chabert better than you do. For
1: sure. At and this point. something I will get to later on in our like little trivia section, uh, she was also the voice of Eliza Thornberry.
0: Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah. She was in a show called Party of Five, which also starred a... Uh, Uh, A soon-to-be after that, not soon, but a little bit later, ABC star. Yeah. Do you know who that is? I don't. Matthew Fox. Okay,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So
0: Lacey Chabert and Matthew Fox played siblings in Party of Five. I think that's right.
1: I'm not going to look it up. I just... That's not something I think we need to look up. That
0: was just off the cuff.
1: We're going to go with that.
0: So I think that's correct.
1: You could have not said that and everyone would have believed you because who's I gonna, said it
0: with such confidence. Who's going to verify
1: that? Because I'm not going to do it.
0: I think it's Lacey Chabert and Matthew Fox when they were like younger, like teens.
1: Actually, I am going to I am going to look it up. And if you're wrong, I'm not going to tell you.
0: Okay. <laughs> so that was Lacey Chabert. Um, you've got Jonathan Bennett, who's actually done pretty well for himself. The only real kind of role that he's been in has been aaron samuels but he was on dancing of the stars he does some like food network hosting he apparently made a mean girl themed cookbook uh he's he's you gotta around. go back to the well he's around uh and so that's that's pretty cool i think he was actually in the first lgbt hallmark movie i'm not positive about that either i think i made that up but i'm that might be true it might be. I don't you, know. You were
1: right about Matthew Fox. That's good. And it was also Nev Campbell.
0: Wow, that's actually a really good cast. Yeah. Yeah, with the, with the Jonathan Bennett one, I don't know if that's correct, <laughs> but I think it is. Uh, it also stars Lizzie Kaplan, uh, who was in Masters of Sex a couple years later. She had a pretty uh, star yeah, role in that. Yeah. Amy Poehler has a great yep. uh, it's more than a cameo.
1: It's she's, re- uh, she's recurring's not the right word but it's a small role. part. Yeah. yeah.
0: A very memorable, memorable role. Tina Fey too. Yep. And Tim Meadows. Oh. Who we love.
1: Yeah, Tim Meadows is just
0: He's an unsung Hollywood hero. He's in like all me.
1: these like SNL adjacent movies like yeah. uh like Pop Star. He's in one of our one of our favorite movies in case you don't know is Pop Star Never Stop Never Stopping. Yes. Starring Andy Samberg. Uh, and, you know, the rest of the Lonely Island and Tim Meadows is a, is a scene stealer in that in that movie. He's the best. And he's a scene stealer in this.
0: He is. I And I feel like people don't think of him as like that much of a like comedy. I know he's a comedian. He's in like, the Goldbergs, too. He does. Yeah. He does comedy. He's vi- He pretty much exclusively does comedy. He's, like, he's, he's like, not the kind of Will Ferrell out there. No,
1: but he's the straight man who like low key has like a bunch of jokes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's so funny. Yeah. Uh, so And it has a whole bunch of other very funny people in it.
1: Anna Gasteyer yes. is in it.
0: The janitor from Scrubs, yes. who is the dad in the, the middle. The dad, yeah. He's,
1: he's in it. That's her parents, Anna Gasteyer and that guy.
0: Yes. Anna Gasteyer, I always got confused with. Do you know?
1: Uh, Rachel Dratch. I don't know. I have no Catherine clue. Catherine Hahn. Oh, really? That's yeah.
0: changed over the past few years because Catherine Hahn's really it's a, exploded. It's like a mega star now. <laughs> in, personality, in, uh, excuse me, in popularity. But...
1: Are you talking back in like stepbrothers days? Yes. Yeah.
0: I always got them confused. They have a very similar face, like very similar nose, I think. Yeah. Um, and I always would get them mixed up. Not so much anymore cuz yeah you've got once you, once Catherine Hahn got that WandaVision going. Uh, I think she was in the movie Bad Moms too.
1: Yeah, she's been like everywhere for the last like year.
0: And they just announced her own show on Disney+. Marvel, yeah. Yeah. Her uh, um which good for her. Agatha show. I yeah. won't be watching. I don't watch any of them, but yeah. hey, you watched WandaVision?
1: Yeah. I'll, I'll probably watch hers. I'm I'm picking and choosing with Marvel now. I'm not really following along, but like it's Too much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't watch Miss Marvel, which I heard was great, but I hear everything's great. And then I watch it and it's like, okay, that was either great or that was like, eh. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You kind
0: of like Moon Knight.
1: Uh, that was actually the one that sort of turned you off. from it.
0: Poor Oscar Isaac. I
1: love Oscar Isaac and I love Ethan Hawke. They're two of my favorite actors in the world. And the, the, uh, the wife of Oscar Isaac's character. One of his characters was the sister from Rami. Yeah. Who I also love. I forget the actress's name. Um, but, I mean, it f- feels like everything fits there for me, but for some reason the show is just kind of blah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Well, there's so many of them now that it's like... Mm.
1: It's hard for me to care about all of them. Yeah. Um, Daredevil's coming back next year, which should be fun.
0: Is it the same one as... Charlie
1: Cox? Yeah. Yep.
0: Wow. 18
1: episodes. Oh, that's long. That's a very long season. That's longer than the Netflix seasons. Yeah. Maybe mm. they'll split it up by nines or something, but... Um, yeah, I'm a little, I'm sort of excited for that. But yeah, that's how we ended up on Marvel already through uh oh, God, through 15 minutes of Mean Girls. 15 minutes of Mean Girls already. I haven't even gotten to the plot. Okay,
0: all right, all right, all right, all right. I have one more little paragraph and then you get to your summary. Got it. So this 90 97-minute movie, thank God. I love a 97 This is going to be longer movie. than
1: 97 minutes, no, this it's podcast. Not. no, it's
0: not. <laughs> it was a big hit. It grossed $130 million on a $17 million budget. It did well critically as well. And it has become a cult classic over the past 20 years it really has i feel like everyone has seen it
1: it feels like it was a cult classic five years later
0: oh my god yeah easily i saw it in i believe it was seventh grade when when it came out and i did see it in theaters i went with a group of my my girlfriends and i was actually like taken aback at how pg-13 it was yeah Like, it's pretty raunchy.
1: There were scenes that they had to edit because they didn't want it to be rated R. Yeah. It was worse.
0: Yeah. There is some parts that I was just like, ooh, am I old? I always self-monitored.
1: I think you said this in a previous episode.
0: (laughs) Always. If I was reading something and it was getting a little too much, I would say... This is for a couple years from now. I did this with the book Atonement. I saw the movie and the movie is pretty rated R, but it's very rated R actually. But I was like, I loved it. I thought it was great. And then, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to read the book. And so I'm reading the book and it's from the perspective of 13 year old Bryony, who's played by Saoirse Ronan in the movie. And I'm reading it and I... I've thought, I've, I gave my I'm like wow I'm pretty good I was reading it and I said to myself I was like I am identifying way too much with the narrator and the narrator is obviously supposed to be very immature and yeah. not really get what's going on so if I identify and agree with That's her an issue. then that means that I'm not old enough to read this book so I just like that closed is way too much it. critical thinking I yeah I closed it and I put it away um and so meanwhile me-
1: I was like playing Grand Theft Auto when I was like nine years old just like <laughs> killing people and
0: <laughs> no that was not really my life um but mean girls i saw it and i loved it but i was like whoo in a couple years i'm really going to like it but right now that scene with uh amy poehler asking regina what she and her boyfriend want yes um i was like i don't think i'm old enough for this yet (laughs) even though i was 13 i think
1: that's good to know regarding the final question yeah exactly
0: uh so with that tom let's get a uh maybe pg summary of uh mean girls especially because our little one is right here
1: yeah he's he's soaking it all in right now yep um yeah so at the beginning of the movie we are introduced to 16 year old katie heron c-a-d-y very important played by Lindsay lohan katie has returned to the united states uh to evanston evanston illinois after spending 12 years in africa being essentially that she called it homeschooled by her parents but you know who knows what was actually going on um, her parents were zoologists and everything, so she was out there with them. For the first time, she's going to a public school, and it's a public school, right? Yeah. Uh, and she starts with a pretty rough day. First, she immediately almost gets hit by a bus. Then she sits in the wrong seat in class. She makes her teacher, Ms. Norberry, played by Tina Fey, spill coffee all over herself, and she gets scolded for everything from eating in class to using a green pen. She even eats her lunch alone on the toilet in the girls' bathroom. Her new friends, Janice and Damien, both outsiders, tell her about all of the cliques in the school and give her one dire warning. Avoid the plastics. A group of popular girls which consists of the insecure heir to the toaster strudel fortune, Gretchen (laughs) Wieners, played by Lacey Chabert. A nice but dim-witted girl named Karen Smith, played by Amanda Seyfried. And the Queen Bee, Regina George, played, of course, by Rachel McAdams. Things start to go awry when the plastics ask Katie to sit with them at lunch, but Janice decides to use this to their advantage. She comes up with the idea that Katie should infiltrate the plastics and take them down from the inside. At the same time, Katie develops a crush on senior Aaron Samuels, who she sits behind in math class. Uh, He's played by Jonathan Bennett, and he's Regina's ex-boyfriend. Even though Katie is a math whiz, she starts to purposely get low grades on math tests in order to spend more time with Aaron as her tutor.
0: Not a good idea.
1: While hanging out with the plastics at Regina's house, they show her something called a burn book, which is a scrapbook loaded with rumors about students and faculty at the school.
0: Can I just say, can I interrupt really quick? Yeah, do whatever you want. There were two girls at my
1: school who had a burn book. One of my questions was, are things like this real? Yeah, I'll talk about it later. Okay. When Regina offers to set Katie up with Aaron, she instead kisses Aaron in front of her and gets back together with him. Uh, So not great. Regina also reveals that she and Janice were best friends back in middle school until she said Janice was a lesbian, and then that sort of broke everything off. Shortly thereafter, Katie, Janice, and Damien set more of their plan in motion by trying to turn Gretchen against Regina. They set up candygrams to be sent to Katie and Karen from Regina, but not to Gretchen. And all of this blows up at the Winter Talent Show, where Regina embarrasses Gretchen, and Gretchen in turn tells katie all of regina's secrets katie goes to aaron and tells him that regina is cheating on him and katie tricks regina into eating calteen bars that cause her to gain weight instead of losing weight like she wanted to she wanted to lose three pounds yes as a result of all of these tactics just by nature of the beast katie replaces regina at the school as the queen bee katie ditches her parents plans to head out of town And tells Janice she can't go to her art show just so she can throw a house party trying to hang out with Aaron again. At the party, she drunkenly admits to Aaron that she was doing worse in math class just so that he could be her tutor. And he says, hey, that's a real Regina George move. And he's not really into that. Janice and Damien show up outside the house and they're mad at Katie for lying to them. And when Katie says that Janice is in love with her, Janice makes the official call that Katie is a mean girl. And says that she does not want to be friends anymore. Just a similar, similar uh, cycle toward her friendship with uh, Regina. So throughout all of this, don't count Regina out. She was plotting her revenge. She puts the contents of the burn book all around school after putting in insults about herself in order to absolve herself of, of, of so blame. So smart. And she blames Katie, Gretchen, and Karen for the book. Spreading the book throughout the school leads to a complete melee in the hallways among the junior girls, with everyone fighting each other and pulling hair, and Principal Duval, played by Tim Meadows, remarking that he didn't leave the South Side of Chicago for this. Holding a baseball bat in the hallway, he pulls the sprinklers and drenches everyone, esp- effectively ending the riot. So, when Mrs. Norberry, uh, and Principal Duval gather all the junior girls in the gym to talk things out, Regina again says in front of everyone that Janice is a lesbian. In response... Janice reveals her entire plan involving Katie to destroy Regina's reputation. And everyone's down for it. Everyone cheers. They're they're like, this is cool, whatever. So as Katie follows Regina outside to apologize, a school bus slams into Regina and breaks her spine. (laughs) Feeling guilty, Katie takes the blame for the burn book and is isolated by her fellow students. But she eventually finds her groove She joins the mathletes at the state finals, capitalizing on her math skills, and uh, she helps them win the championship by winning the tiebreaker question because, you know, that's just the type of movie this is. It's perfect. Um, Later that night, still wearing her mathlete outfit, she's elected queen at the Spring Fling Dance over Gretchen, Janice, and Regina. But in her speech, Katie speaks positively about all of her classmates, and instead of taking the tiara for herself, she breaks it into pieces, handing it out to her fellow finalists as well as other girls in the crowd. She makes up with Janice, Damien, and Aaron, and reaches a truce with the plastics. So we have a little epilogue where, by the time the next school year has begun, Regina has joined the lacrosse team in order to get out her anger, which being very, very aggressive on the lacrosse field. Karen is the school weather reporter, which is the culmination of a of a joke throughout the movie. Uh, and Gretchen is part of a new clique, the Cool Asians. Mm-hmm. Aaron has graduated; he goes to Northwestern University, which is actually where. Um, Katie's mom had received tenure earlier in the movie, which is why they're in Evanston. Um, and Aaron and Katie begin to date. Katie notices a set of new junior plastics, uh, imagines them being hit by a bus, and the movie ends.
0: Very good, Tom. That's pretty much it. You don't really talk about... I always find
1: something you didn't well, talk about. Well, there's so many characters in this movie that just aren't relevant to the plot. What but about are... Damien... But are very what funny. What about
0: Kevin G? <laughs> Kevin
1: G is amazing. So we could talk about some of the supporting characters that I left out.
0: That is actually one of my questions. So let's just do
1: that. What, who's your favorite character in this movie? Overall? Yeah, it's Karen, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, but we, Amanda Seyfried is a lot. You know, we talk. We've talked about her already. We talked about her character. She's all in the in the um, in the plot summary. So outside of the people that I talked a lot about in the plot summary and Tim Meadows, it's it's got to be Kevin G. Kevin G.
0: is so funny.
1: Kevin G. is uh, one of the mathletes. He's the captain, I think. Yes. Um, and he's a he's an Indian kid, and he he just steals every scene. He's rapping. He's doing the whole thing, and he's just.
0: I love when um, he's got a business card. Yes, he's a business card MC extraordinaire. I think it says or something yes. like that on yes. it. Yes,
1: and it's uh, his rap group at the talent show is called Kevin G and the Power of Three. So good,
0: um, uh, he finds out that Katie Dutch Kitty doesn't have a crush on him but someone says like oh she he Katie's a crush on you and he says oh sorry i only date women of color yes <laughs> i love him King. <laughs> um so we love Kevin G yeah, he's who's a great yours? character um I, I love Damien
1: yeah Damien's excellent
0: Damien is Janice's best friend yeah. um who it becomes like a, a group of 3 with Katie yeah um
1: the pink shirt part at the with with uh, in the car
0: so good um he has so many iconic lines well this whole movie is filled with iconic lines. Well, and lines. that's another one of my questions yeah. um so i i really he makes me laugh more than any other character yeah by f- by far actually yeah i feel like anytime damien talks it's something really really funny and it's something that is just an offhand joke like it's not it's never anything that's consequential to the plot no
1: of course well again that's why he didn't really make the cut in the plot summary
0: right but i find him to be one of my favorites as far as the plastics go they're all iconic and but, for different reasons but karen is so funny yeah and i like karen because i feel like i would actually like her
1: karen like amanda seyfried is just so like earnest in that role i think it's
0: her big eyes
1: she didn't have to go this hard yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah and then if I'm going with other characters too Amy Poehler's is so funny as Uh,
1: Regina's mom see she didn't hit with me as much she's too over the top for me
0: the part where she's acting out in the aisles the Jingle Bell Rock yeah when all when the four uh the three plastics and Katie are are dancing and she's like mimicking that dance Yeah. yeah I it's
1: you can't beat it I love Amy Poehler I love Parks and Rec I like her in in other things she's great on SNL this is just a little bit too much for me.
0: Oh no, I love it
1: uh, with her juicy couture sweatsuit. I, I, she's great in that first scene when you first like are like, oh my god, this yeah. is of course this is what Regina's <laughs> family guys, is like. What's the
0: four one one? Yeah,
1: I it just sort of wore on me throughout the movie. Okay, I needed one scene with her and that's it.
0: Yeah, I get that. Um, and I love Tina Fey's miss norberry
1: yes she, she she's she's grounded she's not she just plays a, a
0: really a really like i think an effective version of a teacher
1: yeah she's she's uh she's liz lemon light
0: yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and that she's
1: like sort of like
0: she's self-deprecating yeah. she's in on the joke but yeah she's very very good yeah. um and of course tim meadows
1: yeah i mean
0: love tim meadows yeah we're
1: just we already we already uh went all through tim meadows so we'll spare you but we could do this all day
0: how about most iconic line i have some options for you most
1: iconic or best
0: either we could go with both like you can do either one because my favorite is not a traditionally like well-known one is
1: is is your favorite a damien quote it is i think i know which one it is (laughs) (laughs) i think i I do
0: So here are some of the iconic lines. I, I looked at a couple of lists. You've got, um, you know, that's so fetch. Stop trying yeah, to make yeah. fetch happen. It's not going to happen. Yep. Um, you have, you go, Glenn Coco, right? That, Four for Glenn Coco, you go, Glenn yes. Coco. <laughs> yes. I love that Which one.
1: Is not what I was talking about. Which
0: leads into, and none for Gretchen Wieners, bye.
1: Yes. So good. <laughs> Another
0: Damien quote. You have, on Wednesdays, we wear pink. Yep. Very, very popular one. You have... You Can't Sit With Us. Yep. There's, that's why her hair is so big. It's full of secrets. Yes. It's a good one. You have, I'm not like a regular mom. I'm a cool mom. Yep. And a a great Karen quote when she says that her boobs can tell if it's raining. Yeah. It's like I have ESPN ESPN. or something. (laughs) ESPN. And then um, another Damien one from the end. She doesn't even go here. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So those are the ones that I picked out as the most kind of iconic. Definitely. That if someone says And it,
1: October 3rd.
0: Oh, yeah. Did I write that down? I didn't even write that down. Yeah. yeah on October 3rd, he asked, what day, he asked what day it was. It's October 3rd. Yeah. Um, and that's known as Mean Girls Day. Yeah. And a lot of times people will wear pink On October 3rd even if
1: it's not a Wednesday
0: especially if it's a Wednesday but (laughs) even if it's not a Wednesday yeah Um, do any of those were any of those stuck in your head or is there a different one that you like even more
1: see I didn't watch this movie when it first came out I watched it like end of high school early college so all of this stuff was already ingrained in my memory before, before I even watched the movie but of those, in the context of the movie, I think the funniest one of those is Hugo and Coco, because it's, it's so, the delivery of the he's line. he's
0: dressed as Santa. Yes, yes.
1: And it's just like right in front of Gretchen. Like the whole thing is like, so <laughs> and like, good. I love little parts like that. And like, she doesn't even go here because those characters aren't in the rest of the movie. No. Like, they're not, like, Glenn Coco's not a character. Glenn Coco must
0: be really popular to get four candy brands. And it's like, there's this whole, like, we don't know anything else about him, but we know Glenn Coco. Tina
1: Fey apparently named him after somebody that she knows in real life named Glenn Coco.
0: Oh, perfect. (laughs) Um, There's a lot of characters like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, Where they even get, like, names, like Tran Pack. Yes. And, like, uh, you know, all the people in the Burn Book. Yeah. And it's, it's just funny that, like, that's something I really like about this movie is that you feel like you're actually at a high school and that these people have backstories that you just don't know. Yeah. And, but you get little peaks into different lives. And I, I love that about this movie. And I think it's something that is a, a really great world building
1: technique. I also read that, uh, Tina Fey came up with backstories for every single character so that if a Actor had a question about what this character was doing or how they should be acting. She had a whole like like story in her head about every single character so she could tell the actor to be like, hey, you know, Damien would be like this and, you know, Kevin would be like this.
0: And I think that that's what makes it a super strong adaptation, too, is that it's based on a self-help book. Yeah. It's not based on a novel where, like, you kind of have to go along with if you're doing a faithful adaptation along with what the author is of the original material is trying to get across. Tina Fey could make up these backstories because it's just based on I, I think it's like. Queen Bees and Wannabes or something. Something like that. Teen Queens and Wannabes. It's, it's a self-help book by like a I think middle it's called, school. I think it's
1: called Queen Bee is the main title. Okay. And then the subtitle is something like Okay. what you said. Yeah. But Queen Bee, like, that's what they call Regina. Regina George. and George. Yeah.
0: Um, so. She I, also. Oh, go no, ahead. go ahead.
1: Now you go. Well, I was just going to say that uh, I also read that she, when she agreed to write this movie, she didn't know that it wasn't a novel. And so she sort of freaked out at first and was like, I don't know how I'm going to write this movie. Because it's just like it's nonfiction. It's just, just like a self help book. So
0: shout out adaptation.
1: Yeah, honestly. So she didn't know what she was gonna do, but she obviously she ended up, you know, making it narrative and all that. So yeah. yeah.
0: Um and I think that's awesome. So that's so cool that she did backstories.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that's not uncommon in the world of, of writing, but it's cool that that's definitely above and beyond. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Definitely.
0: Um any other questions? Like, I don't, that, think, like okay. I don't
1: think the Russo brothers did that with the gray man. No, probably not
0: Um, my guess is not i will not be watching that um so besides those iconic ones are there any other lines that stick out to you as being particularly funny or that you just like really liked i have a couple
1: there were a couple that that caught me off guard um like right before karen says the espn thing they're just talking and they're sitting at the lunch table and katie's like you're not stupid karen and karen just immediately goes no, I am actually. I'm failing almost everything. <laughs> yeah, that's really funny. <laughs> she, that is true. And then she was like, Are you good at anything? And Karen's like, I can fit my whole fist in my mouth.
0: <laughs> yeah, she's so cute.
1: Um another quote was uh when <laughs> when the plastics are in the principal's office and um they're talking about the burn book and, yes. and the principal's like, you know, uh you guys are the only ones that aren't in here. Like, is that a coincidence? And uh Gretchen's like are you accusing me? My father, the inventor of the toaster strudel, will be, will not be happy to hear about this. <laughs> yes, I
0: love that. That's awesome. Anything else?
1: Um, uh, Karen says something about Taco Bell. That oh, was yeah. really funny, but I can't Do remember. you want to get
0: Taco Bell? She says Taco Bell the way that uh, Dave Franco says Taco Bell in 21 Jump Street. And I love it. <laughs> They don't say Taco Bell. Yeah, it's they Taco say Bell. Taco Bell. Yeah, and I don't they know why saying it
1: that way takes so much more effort.
0: I and both. I don't know if it's a maybe they're both from California. It's a California yeah, maybe pronunciation. It is. Maybe it is. Uh, it, that stuck out to me in both of those movies. That's my favorite quote from Twenty One Jump Street, <laughs> where he's like you like I got you Taco or you got me Taco Bell like I love it and and Karen says it like the same way you want to get Taco Bell
1: yeah
0: um and yeah that's good
1: yeah uh I think I know what your favorite quote is I'm not gonna spoil it you can say it
0: uh yeah well <laughs> my favorite Damien let me give a runner-up for a okay, Damien yeah, 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 quote yeah, go for it and it's very just. I don't know why I love it. It's when he's about to sing um, at the talent show. Yeah. He's about to sing "Beautiful" by Christina Aguilera, and Mrs. N- Miss Norberry is sitting at the piano <laughs> trying to like cue him, and he yes. just goes, "Don't look at me" <laughs> before he starts. And I just really like that. But no, my favorite. You know it. Yes. It's he's in the girls' bathroom, <laughs> and which. With uh, Janice and Katie and he walks in, he's talking and one of the girls who's a, 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 a woman of a shorter stature, um, she goes, hey, you can't be in here. And he chases her out <laughs> and just goes, Danny DeVito, I love your work. <laughs> that is my absolute yeah, that, favorite That's line. up there for me. It is just so stupid. It's just
1: his delivery on every line is so he's good. He's
0: so funny. Uh, yeah, so... Damien is number one character for me, and he's also got
1: like all my favorite quotes. Yeah. I love that. Uh, that's Karen for me.
0: Um, uh, yeah, Karen
1: I, feel, so like, great. I do feel like I I feel like like we are remiss in saying that this is of sort a of a Tony Soprano situation again where like Regina George is amazing yeah she just is amazing yeah but she's been talked about so much since 2004 that a yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, she is what she is little
0: bit of a little bit um and what I like about Regina too is and and the way that Rachel McAdams plays her is that there are moments where you see that she can be really nice, yeah and you almost feel like, oh well, when that sun shines on me, it feels so good yeah. that like you're willing to go along with like whatever and I really appreciate that because that's truly how mean girls that's a do it.
1: that's a realistic manipulator
0: extremely yeah uh where Everyone feels like they've been, uh, oh sorry, Uh, what is it, personally victimized by Regina George where everyone raises their hand. But even despite that, these are the same characters that have those little um, kind of two camera moments. Where they're saying, like, Regina wore army pants and flip-flops, so I wore army pants and flip-flops. Yes, yes. uh, Regina once punched me in the face. It
1: was awesome. Yes.
0: Like, they, uh, you feel like... They just
1: want the time of day from her somehow. You
0: can't help it. Like, when a popular person looks your way and says something nice to you, oh, my God, it's amazing. And that's how all of us have felt that.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you, I mean, if you think about, like, the political sphere it happens all the time mm-hmm. you know there's just certain personalities that are like that
0: yeah so I just love the way that it's played I love the way Rachel McAdams plays I her and I love the casting because she's so much older than everybody else yes. Yes. and that's purposeful because they feel like like these popular kids feel like they're so much older and more mature and cooler yeah. and all this stuff like Rachel McAdams looks like she's in college. And and I feel she's, like she's out of college at that point with how old she was. And know. she's
1: only seven years younger than Amy Poehler, her mom, who plays yeah. her mom.
0: Which is also great casting yes. there. Uh, <laughs> so I really, really, really like that. And I also like the Amy Poehler casting, too, because Amy Poehler is kind of a girl next door look. Yeah. So when she dresses like yeah. J-Lo yes. and has the bleach blonde hair and, you know, is trying to be cool, it doesn't look quite right.
1: Yeah. You no. Know? No. Not at all.
0: And I think that that's so smart because it's very clear that like, oh, when her daughter was the popular kid, uh, Mrs. George had to adapt. Yeah. And she become the cool mom. She wanted to become the cool mom. Yeah,
1: probably because she was never cool in school when she was younger, and now she has a kid who's cool. She and can
0: live vicariously yeah. through that. Yeah. Oh, and how about Regina making her parents switch bedrooms? I was going to bring that better. up too.
1: That's amazing. <laughs> she just she just has the master bedroom. Yeah, it's yeah. so
0: good. Primary bedroom. Right. That's what uh, we call it now. If you watch HGTV, I don't. Yeah. Uh, so
1: I'm behind on the times, there but it also go. it also has an Avril Lavigne poster, so I wanted to say it that. It does,
0: yes. Um, the one, there's one thing I don't like about this
1: movie. There's some language in it that's not good.
0: Oh well, no, of course. There's all.
1: It's I, a 2000s comedy. I kind,
0: a 2000s comedy. Yeah. It, it is what it is. No, 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 it's that the part where they're they put on the cool tunes and they put on a song and they're like nodding their heads and like like. Yeah, I like this song. And then they say to Katie, Katie, do you even know who sings this? And Katie says, The Spice Girls? I don't even know what song it is.
1: It's not like it's like a... They should
0: have picked a popular song. Yeah. And it's not like they couldn't get the rights to song. like they're right. it's a big movie right i wish that they would have picked an avril levine song yeah like complicated or skater boy or something yeah. so that it's actually a song that people know yeah instead of a song that when katie doesn't know haha it's funny because it, it's obviously not the spice girls but um, the general population doesn't know well, what that song
1: is is that the point of that scene or is the point of that scene to be like the plastics are just making stuff up to You know what I mean? Like the plastics are the only people who know this song and they're they're talking about it as if everybody should know it because they're trying to be cool and they're trying to. Maybe. I think it's sort of a double edge there.
0: It's possible but later on in the movie they have another song that plays like at the dance and it's another song that is not a popular song and then someone says something about it and then Kitty goes I actually know this song. Ah. So it's like once again there's a song that it's like no that's not a popular song.
1: I was going to try to say maybe they were just trying to make Fetch happen.
0: Maybe and that's also possible. Um. But still, if you've got Kalisa's milkshake in yeah, the movie, right, right, you right, can right. put,
1: which is an all-time classic. You can
0: put Skater Boy in, you know, in it. Um, uh, one thing I wanted to talk about was the fact that this was made into a musical. Yeah, a Broadway musical, actually, just like School of School Rock, School of Rock, which we talked about. Uh, this one is written by Tina Fey. She actually adapted oh, it. Oh, she did the book She wrote too? the book. That's cool. Uh, and it actually had music done by her husband. Huh. So she wrote the book. Her husband did the uh, music and somebody else did the lyric. And it was actually nominated for 12 Tonys the year that it was on Broadway uh, or started on Broadway. It won zero, but it was I was
1: going to say, is that a lot of, t- I mean, of course, yes, of course a it's a lot, lot of Tonys. But I feel like. Whenever there's, like, one big musical, it gets, like, 55 nominations. It's like the Emmys.
0: I mean, there's not that many. How
1: Succession got, like, 24 nominations, which it deserves every single one. But it got, like, 24 nominations.
0: It's kind of like, I feel like the Tonys, and I don't know this. I don't I'm either. No, I know nothing about the Tonys. I feel like with the Tonys, it's, I wouldn't say it's, like, easier to get a nomination, but you have less of Less a, competition. Less competition. Yeah. So, and it also is split into... Um, Revivals. Yeah, exactly. Original and a a revival. So like the first go and then anything else. Uh, So I feel like there's probably less of a pool to choose from for each award. So there's a better chance that if you're nominated for stuff, you're nominated for a lot of stuff. Yeah. That's why it was like a big deal when Funny Girl only got one nomination. Right. It it was, you know, it's one of those things. The
1: Beanie Feldstein saga. Oh
0: my gosh. Following it every day. So... Yeah, so it was nominated for 12 Tonys at 1-0. But Tina Fey's book did win, I think, the Drama Desk Award and okay. a couple of other yeah. uh, a couple other ones. I think it sounds really fun. It apparently is in a similar vein to Legally Blonde, the musical, okay. which I loved. That I saw. They, so, I am apparently really big growing up on... Apparently, this was a big thing. Having contests to put people in the leads of musicals on TV...
1: Oh, yeah, like uh, like the Grease one. Like Grease? You're the one, you're the that, one I that I want? Yes.
0: With Max Crumb?
1: Yes. You this, all remember.
0: You you remember if you've seen the, or listened to the EZA episode. This one was the Legally Blonde search for an L. L. Woods. And so Laura Bell Bundy played the original L. Woods. I got no notes here. I'm just going off the top of my head. Good riffing. God. Um, and so she, when she left, there had to be a replacement and so they had an MTV show to get the replacement. So
1: this is like the ultimate fighter where like they have two coaches on, of like UFC coaches and then the, the winners fight each other and the winner gets a contract with the UFC. It's basically a similar idea.
0: Uh, sure. Uh, and so something else that they did was MTV actually aired the musical itself. Uh, Legally bought okay. the musical. I think with Laura Bell Bundy. With okay. the original cast.
1: Laura Bell Bundy sounds like a serial killer.
0: Well she <laughs> is a Broadway actress. Um,
1: <laughs> Not a serial killer yet.
0: Not yet. That we know of. And it was awesome. I love Legally on the musical. Very funny, great songs. Um, and I love
1: when they put musicals on accessible. We were just talking about this yesterday. Yeah. Um, I like now how they are starting like with Hamilton. Uh, not starting with Hamilton, but that's the, that's the biggest one so far. Of putting things on streaming services that are shows that you're never going to get to see. Like you'll never have the original cast of Hamilton together again, except for maybe like some one-off thing. You're never gonna get like Bruce, like Springsteen on Broadway yep. is on Netflix. You're never gonna see that. It's over. Mm-hmm. Like even if even if Hamilton gets revived, or you know, it's still it's still around. But like even yeah. if in thirty years or whatever it gets revived, it's not gonna be the same cast. It's not gonna be the same thing. I like now that they're starting to. I think they're doing the same thing within the Heights. Are they? I think so. Uh they have recorded performances of these. Broadway shows that if you weren't in New York city with enough money at that time, you're never going to get to see this thing. So I like that people are finally going to be able to access stuff like that.
0: I believe, I
1: I just hope it happens more often.
0: I agree. I, if I am correct, I think that there is a library in New York that you can go to and you go into like their weird old uh, TVs, you know how like you can do that where you can like like their old computers and yeah. like whatever. And I think that there's one or two libraries where if you have a New York library card, which who does like a New York City library card, but if you have one, you c- they tape every single Broadway show, was, have- like a lot of them at least, and you can actually sit there and watch it at the library, which is so cool. But again.
1: That's still not That's
0: accessible. That's not accessible. It is if you're maybe taking a trip to New York and you don't have hundreds of dollars to spend on tickets. Right. If you want to like go, but then you go don't have a library card. So yeah. you can't. It's, you know.
1: Go catch uh, Bye Bye Birdie in the library.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I love Legally Blonde the musical and Mean Girls the musical seems to be very similar in in tone. And I mean, it makes sense. It's an adaptation of a popular comedy yeah. that is, uh, you know, really well liked especially by uh, millennial females
1: I yeah I mean I'm not huge into musicals but I just like the idea that there's more content out there for people who are into that yeah and I want I want more of that
0: would you see uh, Mean Girls the Musical?
1: I wouldn't travel to the city to see Mean Girls the Musical. Yeah. But I would watch it.
0: Yeah. Um, is there any other Baby's First Watch list movies that you think would be good adapted into a musical or even a play?
1: That we've done already? Yeah. Into the Spider-Verse.
0: Ooh. They tried that. I know. <laughs> <As> Spider-Man <laughs> turn somebody, off the didn't, dark.
1: Didn't everybody like break their legs Oh and my stuff? God. It was
0: awful. Yeah. People kept like are getting hurt like I literally just, they would have to like stop halfway through the shows
1: and stuff i'm still stuck on this i just want to see what the costume designers can do with kingpin
0: okay yeah
1: i want to see the biggest suit they could make
0: oh my god you're so like i'm obsessed yeah obsessed
1: with, with his formal wear kingpin.
0: all right <laughs> <laughs> um oh and then i have one content question and that's my last question and this is okay so regina's been cheating on Aaron, yes. right? With Shane, some like guy, baseball guy. Shane Omen, Shane Omen, Yeah. Who I have a question about him, so oh, go okay. ahead. Um, who they would uh, go and do whatever at, at the projection room above yeah. the auditorium. Yeah. And everybody knows it except apparently for Aaron. Yeah. Right. Later on, right before... Katie tells Aaron that Regina is cheating on him. He's tutoring her, even though, you know, she's faking not being good at math. And they kiss. Yes,
1: I have that here, too. Do we
0: not care that literally that Aaron's cheating on yes. Regina before he even knows that she's cheating on him? I wrote here. I'm
1: so confused. I said, I'm not a big Aaron Samuels fan. He cheated on Regina. And when... uh. Katie was drunk. He was going through the stuff in her room before she was yeah. before she he even knew she was there. He's I don't I don't I don't think he's that great of a guy. I don't he's not Regina. Terrible. Yeah. He's not there, there's some terrible people in this movie. Mo, actually, it's mostly just Regina and Katie for parts of it. Yeah. Nobody else is that terrible. But Gretchen's a little bit, but not not too bad. But he's not that good of a guy. No, I do He's not a prize. Let's put it that way. I
0: do love the characterization that's there that he kind of is some like he maybe has potential to be a really good guy when regina uh is trying to convince katie not to go for aaron where she's uh, the first thing she says about him is he like cares about his mom all he cares about his mom and school and baseball and i think that that's a great little tidbit yeah uh, to show that okay he's probably a nice guy yeah but he doesn't really show it and i don't see it in the action. so confused on how there's never been any kind of discourse on how aaron kind of sucks. yeah
1: he's just there to be that like with that stupid friggin' zach efron mid-2000s haircut
0: he's okay but yeah but he's a good looking guy that's he's it. like the kind of guy that they would go for yeah and i guess that probably is good writing where it's like he's he's fine
1: yeah but he's not presented as a guy that's like he's kind of
0: yeah um I just, I, I, the one thing that is kind of sad to me, rewatching a lot of these movies from high school and middle school that I liked is I am way less impressed with the men, with the love interests. There have been so many movies where I was, I, I thought that these guys were so cute and so nice and so great and blah, blah, blah. And oh my God, I hope they get together. And now rewatching them, I don't like them.
1: Yeah. Spoiler alert. I, not that I didn't like him, but I... Uh, have a similar opinion about the character in My Big Fat Greek Wedding.
0: Yeah, he's okay. He's just bleh. Yeah, all these guys are just bleh. Yeah. They're not fun or funny they, or have any personality. In this time
1: period, I feel like Hollywood really, especially in comedies, didn't really know how to cast a, a, a likable guy.
0: I think that we watched Bring It On a couple months ago. Yeah. He, you know, that guy's okay. Yeah,
1: save the last dance.
0: Uh, yeah, he's okay. <laughs> what's, his,
1: what's that guy's name?
0: Uh, Sean, Sean Anthony
1: Thomas or something like that? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, but I don't know. I think that now that I am rewatching a lot of that stuff, it does go to show you that true romantic comedies, which I don't consider this a romantic no, comedy. No, no, no. But true romantic comedies really, the good ones do hinge on the fact that the men are like interesting or the or that the leads uh, not yeah, necessarily because if it's a boring girl too yeah. it doesn't yeah exactly you know? um so i i was not as enamored with aaron as i as i expected t- to be upon rewatch
1: yeah um my shane omen question uh, again he is the jock that regina uh cheats on aaron, aaron with, with and she's eventually like dating him yeah um so he wins spring fling king yeah what what do you think his speech would have been? He didn't get to make a speech. <laughs> uh, Katie got to make a speech, but yes. for, you know, Shane did not, unfortunately. He
0: would have said something inappropriate about, like, going to get beers afterwards. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He would have done something that was, like, on the edge of being like, Shane, stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that he's probably a nice guy. He kept calling Regina like, hey, babe, what are you yeah, doing? Yeah. Like he would do whatever Regina wants. Yeah. Like, was it I, hun?
1: Was it hun he gave, He, he kept calling like her something that like only married people call each other.
0: And I was just like, okay. Like, you know, you got to give him credit. The fact that he just drove Regina past a party slowly yes. to yell at people yeah he likes his girl and i appreciate that he does so i feel like he, justice
1: for shane omen <laughs> justice
0: for shane omen you know he wasn't doing anything i mean he knew that regina had a boyfriend yeah. but it, it's not, not like good. he had a girlfriend but justice
1: for him anyway yeah
0: um so i don't know his speech would probably be like fine <laughs> yeah it would probably be fine and the, it'd just be a teacher being like shane stop
1: oh shane ch- please tim meadows would be like oh come on man yeah
0: exactly <laughs> what um, else do you got
1: so we could go to the food oh great because there's a lot of it and it's like it really ties into the characters 110%, this is a big food movie
0: the big one is there's a uh there's two iconic lines that i did not mention that are in this movie that deal with food and they both come from regina which kind of makes sense yes. because regina has food issues she has a
1: yeah she i'm no doctor but it's clear she has an eating disorder
0: so one of them is when she goes is butter a carb? Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which I'm like I'm so stupid. No, right? No. 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 <laughs> <I didn't> think- <laughs> it's like all fat.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so I never really knew that in like when I was younger. So I always would laugh along at the line but I was like <laughs> I don't actually really <laughs> like know. Looking around. Yeah. Um so is butter a carb was one and then the other is when she's trying to calculate the like fat content of stuff and she just gives up and she says whatever I'm getting cheese fries yes yeah That's I wrote that great, down I wrote cheese fries down great line yeah um, so those are the two that really stick out to me well the calteen bars and are of like, of course a, the calteen a bars a major part
1: of the plot which
0: um, Regina eats that I Katie's mom in Africa used to give kids to help who them, are like malnourished, who are malnourished to help yeah. them uh, gain weight. Yes, and Katie tells Regina they're Swedish bars that help you lose weight like crazy and have an ingredient that isn't legal in the U.S. Yes, yet. so and she can't read it
1: because it's in it's, in it's not in English, a different language, yeah.
0: which katie says is in swedish but who knows yeah and so that one i think is a big one you also have the characters um where they're kind of separated into categories like clicks at the in the cafeteria and you have the girls who eat their feelings and the girls who don't eat anything yeah. as two tables which you know i know it comes off as a uh, little insensitive now but i mean if you're going with clicks.
1: Well, and if it's Janice, who's explaining who's that, explaining it, one it of makes, the students,
0: it makes sense because Janice is always going to be upfront, Yes. And I uh, and maybe not use the best and most sensitive choice of words. Yes. So that that is also, I think, part of it. And you have like five girls around a Diet Coke and yeah. like stuff like
1: that. It, it's funny that you uh, mentioned that scene in particular, because that's like the first cafeteria scene, first day of school or whatever, second day of school. And it's great character work in that scene because when katie sits down with the plastics you know what they were eating
0: what were they eating
1: so they're all they all have the same meal which okay, is great that's, establishing yeah, them yeah. as like a crew um they're eating a sandwich that it looked to me like it just had lettuce and tomatoes on it okay it's in a plastic container and they have they're drinking perrier out of white straws that's so good that's their meal that's, that's the plastics that's about right it's a perfect representation of what the plastics are
0: yeah that's really good yeah um all right so you've got let me see what or else i least, can come up with or
1: at least what the plastics are trying to be in front of everybody else
0: yes that's good uh all right some of the other food i can think of you've got katie asking if like cheese and crackers for eight people is enough or <laughs> yes, something at the party for the party everyone shows for the up rager, yeah. yeah um you have regina eating a baguette when she's like mad and she says the iconic line, boo you. Yes. And then a not nice word. Yes. Um. You have Karen asking if Regina wants to go to Taco Bell yep. to make her feel better. Um. I'm trying to think what else. Oh, when Janice and Damien are, it's Halloween, they spill popcorn everywhere. When Katie walks in yes. the room dressed as an ex-wife.
1: That is an amazing, amazing costume. It's
0: so good. And she's like a zombie bride, but she calls herself an ex-wife. Yes. So good. Um. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what else for food.
1: Regina is like slamming donuts at yeah. one point when yeah. she's on the phone with uh, when she's on the phone with Gretchen, who's on the other line with Katie, and yeah. they're like going back and forth. Yeah, uh, she's like slamming donuts, and she also is chugging a cranberry cocktail at one point.
0: Oh right, and he's like, "Babe, that's all sugar." Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, that's all. I. It's really you know that's a lot more food than there's a lot of food than you have in most movies. But I will say this for young girls and teen girls sometimes life revolves around food food access what like what to eat what not to eat because you're in this space of you are just like any teen that wants to eat food that's bad for you yeah (laughs) and And it tastes
1: good well and it's and most of the food that we just mentioned most of the occurrences of food in this movie tie in with the fact that regina has issues yeah right um, exactly and she's not just this evil monster like she's there's also the undercurrent of insecurity and and you know pro- probably some form of like mental illness and mm-hmm. eating disorder so like she's got issues mm-hmm. and she's not there's like the slightest bit of making her relatable and and and, and so that you empathize with her to some extent um And yeah, I think they did that with her predominantly through food.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I have two more that I just thought of. (laughs) Okay, go ahead.
0: There's the drink that Amy Poehler brings them. Yes. And Katie asks if there's alcohol in it. She's like, oh, God, no, honey. What kind of mom do you think I am? And then she goes, why do you want a little? If you're going (laughs) to drink, I'd rather you do it in the house. (laughs) How many times have I seen this movie? Um, And then the other one (laughs) is when in the burn book, the one character they say that she made out with a hot dog yes <laughs> and she yes. goes oh my god that There's was one time, time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so a lot of food also i feel like uh miss norberry works i know she works at, like at a bar it, it's got to be the same bar in based on that outfit with the flare that jennifer aniston works in in office space oh my god <laughs> right uh, with all the flare on the yeah. on the lapels and stuff yeah Uh, So that's kind of funny, too. You got your mall stuff. They don't really do like Annie Ann's or anything at the mall.
1: No. Maybe they cheaped out on that.
0: Yeah. No, no orange. What is it? Orange Julius or whatever. Yeah. Orange Um, Julius. Jamba Juice.
1: No Jamba Juice. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Okay. So what other question do you. Oh, you asked about like how realistic it is. I was going to
1: say my question here is simply. um, Where is it? Are burn books really a thing or like things like burn books? It happened in my high school. Yeah. Well, that was my question that I wrote. So, did
0: you know that that it happened in my high school? No, I don't think so. There were two girls that I went to school with who I like. Like, they were nice, whatever. And apparently, it was middle school. It was like right after Mean yeah. Girls came out, actually, and they were found to have written a burn book where they were saying mean things about
1: people. And this was after this movie
0: came out. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So very clearly inspired by it. Yeah. Yeah. Which. Yeah did you not get the point of the movie yeah <laughs> but no it clearly not no um so i don't know anything that was in it i don't know anything like that but yeah there was one unfortunately in my middle school
1: um i have another question so you wrote a blog post a while back uh about 2000s fashion and movies i did um and i don't remember the outfit that you used for this movie uh-huh. but uh can, I you, do. I remember. can you tell me your favorite yeah uh, fashion from this movie
0: sure mine is it's one that i wanted to emulate in late middle school early high school and it's when katie is kind of one of the plastics almost for the first time but not really and they're walking down the hallway in slow motion and she falls into the trash can
1: yes yes yes
0: so it's a cami and it's all pastel colors it's a cami with a zip up juicy sweatshirt and it's this cute little flouncy mini skirt that has it's almost like pastel plaid on the top. And I believe that there's some weird like almost like crinoline lace, crinoline uh, to kind of make it flounce out with little polka dots on it, I think. Um, And it's such a cute little mid 2000s outfit. Yeah. Um, But the fashion is truly horrendous. No, it's so mid 2000s. I love it. It's coming back.
1: I think I was right. I think my my word choice was right.
0: Horrendous. Horrendous. Come on, when Regina wears the a little bit dramatic shirt, yes, <laughs> graphic tee, yes, <laughs> so good. Um, it's
1: iconic, but it's horrendous.
0: Oh my god, the the black and pink mini tube dress that Katie wears when she's trying to be all cute and stuff. Oh god, that's rough. Rough yes, fashion. It's, it's
1: not. It's not good. Um, not ideal, I would say.
0: No, but they all look so cute.
1: They look like the mid 2000s. They yeah. look like when I was 12 years old. Yeah. Except, you know, Rachel McAdams is like 25. Of course. But,
0: but I I like it and I love I love mid 2000s fashion. I think it's such a time capsule. I and I think that with a lot of different time periods, you I don't think it's necessarily a negative when something is considered dated when it comes to something like fashion why can't we have something that is very reminiscent of a
1: specific time period even recent history like it's it's fun because like you've you said this when we watched uncut gems mm-hmm. which takes place uh, it came out in 2019 it takes place in like 2012 2011 I 2011 I believe. and the whole movie feels like it's 2011 2012 and you don't realize how... Because it's so close. It's only 10 years ago. You don't realize how much things have changed since then until you see something from that time period and you're like, wow, things have changed a lot in the last That's many of years. That's part of the
0: genius of Uncut Gems, which... Which I'm, will be
1: an episode for sure. I know
0: people... And we'll talk about this more. Yeah. I know people are so uh, love, hot hate. and cold yeah. on it. We love. We are team love. We saw it in theaters. Yes. I was like having an anxiety attack the whole time. Yes, I... Found the time period, how it was a, like you said, very minor period piece. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be the most fascinating thing. I truly loved it. And I love that depending on your experience coming into the movie, you have a different perspective on it. Because they mention real basketball games that you may or may not Actually, know the yeah. ending to
1: any Sixers or Celtics fan. I think it was Celtics Sixers at the end, mm-hmm. uh, the final game. Would know how that game ended already. I but love, it doesn't matter,
0: right? I love that. I I think it's so interesting when uh, you have something that happened so recently in the past that you're start. You try to pick up on things yeah. as you're watching, which apparently a lot of people didn't do. Because I feel like if people went into it looking at that a little more. There'd be a more appreciate more appreciation, even if they didn't like the movie itself. Yeah, yeah, they would really think that it's cool the way that the Safdie brothers were able to make it. Yeah, um, you know when you've got the the phones that were the flip yes. phones as opposed to, and that has a featured little yep. scene the, in it too. Those
1: big chains that he was selling, were like the Furby chain.
0: Yeah, just everything that was so. 2011 it's just so genius and so mean girls i think really does a great job capturing 2003 2004 um in a way that when i watched it i thought those girls looked so cool
1: it's not a period piece like uncut gems per se to say like oh we're filming this as if this takes place 10 years ago but the way the snapshot of 2004 is right there in in mean girls
0: yeah it's it's great i love that all right what else you got
1: uh the mrs nesbitt award
0: it could go to anybody
1: (laughs) i think uh, mine it's regina for me really yeah it's really regina but interesting regina and katie i think are the obvious choices i mean
0: katie i think is the big one
1: i think it's regina why because regina is the one that gets challenged like katie is katie is like we say in a lot of these episodes katie is sort of finding herself yeah um katie's growing into herself she's figuring out who she is Regina thought she knew who she was. Mm. Regina was like, you know, she was the queen bee. And then all of a sudden Katie comes around, all this stuff starts happening. Then she's out. But then by the end, she sort of realizes like, Hey, I kind of don't need that. Like,
0: I think that's interesting. She settles
1: into herself. And, but like for that, the, the entire, the entirety of the runtime of this movie, Regina is the one that is reacting and is defensive and is, and is lashing out and things like that. I find when we're talking identity crisis, I think it's Regina more than it is Katie. I'm willing to accept that. Katie's like right behind, I would say, but
0: yeah, the reason why I would say Katie is because I feel like Regina knows what she wants, and I feel like Katie didn't, and so for for Katie, it's like you. She likes Janice and she likes Damien and she likes hanging out with them, but she knows that that's not cool. So it's like, oh, should I hang out with these plastics? And then when she does, she does it almost like it's a fun thing first to do it, but then she kind of likes them. And then it's like, well, do I wanna be like this and do I wanna be like that? And then you got the mathletes coming in and she's really smart, but she then acts not smart. Uh, and I think that it's super relatable to teens that are trying to find themselves and it's truly an identity crisis miss nesbitt because she's She's dressed up differently
1: yeah she actually feels
0: yes (laughs) yeah exactly so i i think that it's even if she doesn't win the award we need to put out an appreciation for the character yeah. um in in a way that an identity crisis does certainly happen.
1: Well, i think an, a, another a counterpoint to that in you know in favor of Regina is that her whole like her whole eating thing is a, is an identity crisis. Sure. Um the whole thing is that she has a picture in her mind of what she thinks people want to see and she's trying to get to that by any means necessary when all she really wants to do is eat donuts and cheese fries and that's cool too. Yeah. You know?
0: I Okay. Also, they have the store one three five, where everything is in a size one three or yeah, five.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: I don't. Re- I, in the back of my brain, there was a store at the mall called Five Seven Nine that, that did the some, same thing.
1: That sounds right. I remember that. Um,
0: but of course, in Mean Girls, you know the the script, you have to go to the extreme right so yeah. dropping it down yes. to 135 yes. is yes. very yes. smart but i think that the right does that sound familiar to you a yeah. store that was called 579 100 how messed up is that yeah i wouldn't fit in that store anymore <laughs>
1: oh
0: my god um, <laughs> so sad
1: so i've got a little bit of trivia yeah um I'm going to maybe test out, see if people like the trivia sections. I think I like trivia. So I like
0: trivia. I used to go to IMDb all the time after yeah. I watched a movie. So
1: this is all from IMDb. I'm not making any of this up. I'm not, you know, I didn't do any independent research. Um, but I tried to pick some of the cool things about it. Uh, one of them was what I had already talked about, which was that Katie spent most of her life in Africa with her zoologist parents like uh, Eliza Thornberry. And that uh, Lacey Chabert, who played Gretchen Wieners, was the main character who, who voiced Eliza. Uh, I, that show.
0: I'm just I, I know that it's a fun little fact I, I, I don't think, don't there's think any, it was done
1: properly. no I don't think there's any connection there it's just yeah, a fun little thing that is um, but most of my trivia for this movie has to do with the casting uh, so Lindsay Lohan was initially cast as Regina mm-hmm. but it was decided that she would play Katie so that audi- audiences wouldn't base Lindsay Lohan's real personality on Regina
0: yeah because she was going through it in the press
1: yeah um, according to one of the producers, they eventually settled on Rachel McAdams because, quote, only nice girls can play mean girls. Yeah And apparently everybody loves Rachel McAdams. That's nice. Yeah. And also, as we mentioned earlier, this was Amanda Seyfried's first film role. Uh, but she was initially supposed to play Katie. So there's a version of this movie somewhere in the ether where it's Amanda Seyfried as Katie and Lindsay Lohan as Regina George, which is an interesting. It would
0: still be good. I think it would just be very different. It
1: would be very different. Uh, Lauren Michaels decided she would be better as the dumb girl. <laughs> uh, two other people who also read for the role of Karen were Ashley Tisdale and Scarlett Johansson.
0: I could see both of them actually. Yeah. I think Amanda Seyfried was the correct choice yeah. but I, I actually could see both.
1: It's one of those things where like with, when you see somebody who is so good in a role you're like you can't yeah. picture anybody yeah, else. exactly. Like how there's there were so many different people who could have played like Tony Soprano and like right. Walter White and like all these iconic but characters. You can't think
0: of them anymore.
1: Yeah, but who's to say that that person wouldn't have been just as good in a different way. Yeah, totally. Um, I'm not comparing Karen to, to those characters, but it's a similar thing here where you can only see Amanda Seyfried in this role. Mm-hmm. Um, one cast member whose role was never in doubt was Lacey Chabert, who was the first and only choice for Gretchen Wieners. So funny. Yeah. Love it. Uh, and finally, as for Aaron Samuels, one of the actors who was considered was James Franco.
0: He would have been. Yeah.
1: At the time. 2004. Yeah,
0: that's about right.
1: Tina Fey said they wanted Jonathan Bennett because he reminded her of Jimmy Fallon
0: oh that's <laughs> cute that's nice
1: uh yeah so that's a, that's a little bit of trivia here there was a lot of stuff that was like very scene specific that i didn't think would be mm-hmm. you know too crazy but I, I think that's a cool little thing we might do a little bit of doing uh moving forward i like that uh i just have the rest of my stuff is just a couple of little comments okay. um nothing too crazy so the when she name drops when gretchen name drops my father the inventor of the toaster strudel yeah all that made me think of was the cake boss yeah. <laughs> so the cake boss, what's his name? Buddy Velastro. Yes. Uh, he got pulled over for like a DUI or something a few years ago, and basically, all he, I'm sure this happens all the time, but it was leaked to the press that <laughs> when he got pulled over, he said, "Don't you know who I am? I'm the cake boss." Yeah. As if like they weren't gonna. They were like, "Okay, dude, like you're royalty. We're not bringing you in for this DUI when you're however much over the limit you are." So like, true. Oh, I love stuff like that.
0: Um, when I hear that line, I think about uh, Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion. Have okay. you ever seen that? I have
1: no clue what that is. Oh my god, is it's, that Lil Romeo? No, it's oh. Lisa Kudrow. Okay,
0: and Mira Sorvino. Okay, and they play Romeo and Michelle and they at least said romeo and michelle no romey and michelle (laughs) and they're these two girls who have a high school reunion and they want to be cool because they weren't cool yeah and like the after party yeah exactly and i forget like i think one of them said that their dad invented the post-it okay and it's like this whole lie throughout the whole movie about how their dad one of their dads invented the post-it
1: what's the movie where somebody invented the tuxedo t-shirt oh is that zoolander I think maybe Farrell's carrot. Moo invented the tuxedo teacher or something like that.
0: (laughs) I love that stuff. Like the random things that, yeah. Who, who knows who invented them? Yeah. 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 So I always out Romeo Michelle when I think of that.
1: Yeah. Uh, another comment I have is just that the school fight scene, which we haven't talked about really at all, which is hilarious. Yeah. It reminds me of the end of every season of Cobra Kai. Oh my God. uh, Which is uh, a a karate kid spinoff that's on, um, Netflix, which is, it's very good. I love it. Uh, there's a major melee every single season. And it's like in the school, it's like people are getting thrown off balconies and it's like, it's in people's houses. You know, windows are getting smashed and they're all like, they're all like 15 year old kids. And it's just like, this scene reminded me so much of those.
0: I actually hated it. That kind of the, that whole storyline thing or the framing device where it was Katie talking about, like we said all this, like in the, in, in, the not in girl world but in this world and then it's like them like pretending to be like uh, in the jungle or whatever yeah I never liked that and now watching it I actually really liked it yeah because then when you get to that scene at the end it feels familiar yeah and it's like Um, like, but it's real this time well
1: it's like the school it's like the bus thing how she almost gets hit with exactly. the by the bus in the exactly. beginning. And then uh, it happens three whole times. Regina yeah. George does get hit by the bus. It's and a then she, tight screenplay. And then she references it again at the end.
0: It's a great screenplay.
1: Um, yeah. So there's that one, uh, content. There's a little bit of content here. Like with all the two thousands movies, that is a little bit iffy, specifically Trang pack saying the N word. Um, so one of the Asian characters says the N word. I, I think it was in Vietnamese. Um, and it's not good. That's not great. Uh, there were definitely need to be tweaks. Uh, but overall, I don't think there was anything too bad in here. There was a little bit of like gay stuff, but it was mostly Regina George that was saying stuff like and, that. And that... Which is like Regina George is a villain. She's a bad exactly. character. So
0: Yeah. I do agree that, that one, uh, the the slur was not acceptable. Yeah. yeah. Um, but besides that, the, the other stuff is, you're right, a, a little bit off color, but a lot of times the characters are... Yeah
1: are the the type of character that who would, would say, say that. that the yeah.
0: r-word said a lot it's not yeah um but it's not said by uh, the hero right you know it's not said by someone who's someone You're to look to up to for, and yeah. rooting for um which i do think context does matter i think yeah. that a lot of times people um are very oh well this was said so it's unacceptable but it's like you need to take it in context Who, what, slurs when, are where. never acceptable yes, of course of course but some of the other things where it's like okay yeah if you say something that is a little bit off color yeah. but it's from the villain it would be one makes thing sense.
1: it would be one thing if Tina Fey was black and wrote that right you know right that's that's totally different right but like this is a little uncomfortable things like you know Quentin Tarantino scripts are often uncomfortable yeah for me anyway and unacceptable. Um, honestly, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think this one. I think this one got a little bit of backlash when it came up like a few years ago. I,
0: I th- kind of vaguely remember that.
1: But I don't think that it's one of those things where it's 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 too crazy. It's too crazy. It's too out there. Because this, I mean, not to make excuses for the 2000s, but this was like every movie in the 2000s. It really was. Rush um, Hour. Oh my God, Rush Hour. Uh, which is another <laughs> one we will do. <laughs> yeah, Rush Hour is great. Definitely. <laughs> um, yep, and then yeah i think that's pretty much it i think we are ready to move on to our final question does mean girls make baby's first watch list yeah duh yeah he's right here he's listening he listened to the whole episode yeah it's already spoiled for him
0: a little bit but that's okay but i would say i would think high school yeah definitely later um yeah
1: um yeah so that's that that's mean girls uh hopefully we will do another one of these polls if you guys like this let us know um we're not going to do one just yet. We're still sort of getting our footing going with like parenting and all that, which he was very good. He's, he's been sitting on the table this whole time. He didn't make a sound. Yeah, I know. That's And this, really is, our, good. this is our longest episode so far. Woohoo. Uh, so yeah, next week is going to be 2002's My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Uh, as I mentioned last week, it's directed by Joel Zwick. It stars and is written by Nia Verdalos. It's one of the biggest romantic comedies and independent films of all time and we are super excited to talk about it
0: yeah it was really fun uh we,
1: again we mentioned it last week but it's for real this time there's no alternatives it's gonna get it's gonna get out there next week uh it's on hbo max so that's our streaming guide uh it will also be in the description if you forget uh so check it out on hbo max continue to follow us on instagram at baby's first watch list and on twitter at baby's watch list and rate us five stars on spotify apple google wherever you get your podcasts leave reviews make us look cool Share us with your friends. We love new people and new followers, and
0: uh, and be kind to each other. Yep,
1: and we love you all. <laughs> and uh, Tim Meadows forever.
0: All right, bye.